0: It's a real privilege to be able to share, um, Ty. Thanks for the privilege; it's an honour. But I want to tell you that um, in 2002, I was I was on staff at a church, and newly married, and we visited one of these equips. I was not part of. I was part of a denomination, and uh, I was overwhelmed at the prophetic people that we are, and that 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 this this team, NCMI team is and. Uh, I literally, I was alone because my wife didn't come with, it was kind of like, go to this conference that we're not really part of, and we just sneaked in the, in the back door, and um, Kevin Booth actually ministered that night. A tyrant preached that year on being a vision, visionary, and on vision, and I couldn't, I couldn't believe that people can actually be so prophetic, they can be so focused around the word of God, and the voice of God, and hearing God, and actually doing the hearing, God's, hearing God thing, and uh, I could also not believe that people could be so passionate and so extravagant in their worship that I phoned my wife, literally those days, it was like cell phones were like very expensive back in the day. I mean, for you guys, you had cell phones since 1963, we only got them in South Africa at, in a, in a, at about like, like I think 98 or somewhere there. And uh, so I phoned my wife, I said to her, listen, you get here, you need to come and experience this. And so since then, we were kind of like, we were kind of working our way out of a denomination in order to be part of what God is doing with NCMI, I want to tell you that if you have not known anything else than this, you must thank God for this privilege. And, uh, and for us, we've had the privilege, uh, Craig and Colette Mayer used to lead a church in a holiday area of our, of our nation, and so we would, we would go on holiday to go and visit their church, to literally be on Sundays, go to their home groups, go to their prayer meeting while we were on holiday. So I was, I was a paid pastor somewhere else. And then I would go and have holiday by coming into this spacious place of churches that, that, that partner with the NCMI team. And I want to tell you that for me, I believe God still wants us to be a prophetic people. And so tonight I'd like to just share about the fact that God wants you to be prophetic. He wants our churches to be prophetic churches. It's not about just the elders prophesying. It's not about just the translocal team prophesying. It's about every single believer rising up and hearing God's voice, declaring God's word. Amen. We know that when, when Moses, remember Moses, he's in the camp and the guys come to him and say to him, Hey, Moses, please stop the guys. Our dad and me, da, me dad are prophesying outside the camp. Remember that? And Moses said, I wish that all of God's people would prophesy. I wish that all of God's people would prophesy. I believe that God's raising up a prophetic generation and I believe we need to be a people that hear God's voice. That we need to hear God's voice for our families. We need to hear God's voice for our churches. We need to hear God's voice for our businesses, for our nations. And even for ourselves, it's very, very important. And, uh, and Proverbs twenty nine eighteen 18, uh, so powerful, it's in the message translation, it says this, When people cannot see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what God reveals, they are most blessed. I believe God wants his church to rise up again, to not focus on what's happening politically, but to focus on what he's revealing. Because when we focus on what he's revealing, we are most blessed. Amen. I do believe we still do the hearing God's voice thing. I still believe we do hear God's voice for where we go, what we do, and how we do it. Jesus' love language, you heard it this morning is obedience and so I'd like to just share just a couple of keys I believe some of the keys to hearing God's voice I'd like to focus on that tonight and I'd like to I know that this is not the only way but this is one of the ways that God has really worked with my in my life have you ever read Genesis chapter 3 verse 8 in the King James Version it says in the King James Version it says this and they heard verse 8 they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden did you hear that Adam and Eve heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden. Listen to this. It says, Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. I'm amazed. I've never seen a voice walk. Have you ever seen a voice walk? It's like, I'm trying to picture it like, I don't know. It's like, it's like, I've never seen a voice walk. And I said to the Lord, Lord, why is it like, why did you say, why, why, why is it that they heard your voice walk? And God said this to me, he said, his voice and his presence are inseparable. The voice of God and the presence of God cannot be separated. When God shows up, God's going to speak. So when God shows up in your life, when God shows up, in, that's why I love what we do. That's why I love what we are a part of. You know why? Because we are, we are a people of God's presence. Like Moses said, do not take us up from here if your presence doesn't go with us. When we, when we have God's presence, you know what we have? We have God's voice. Because when God God shows up, God speaks. I love it. I love it. The fact, even First Kings eighteen, we see Elijah, Elijah. Remember that when when he called fire down from heaven, he was a man of God's presence. He understood this. He understood that you cannot have God's presence if you're not a worshipper. Hello. And he builds an altar, builds an altar of worship. And literally as he builds an altar, God answers. Do you want God to answer? You need God's presence. And you know how you get God's presence? The Bible's clear that God inhabits the praises of his people. And so I believe that what God's wanting to do is God's wanting to raise up leaders that can hear God's voice. God's wanting to raise up uh, deacons, saints, moms, dads, business owners, elders. God's wanting to raise us up to hear his voice. Because we can't obey Him if we haven't heard Him. And so what's so powerful for me is this, is that the only way, well, the best way that I know how to experience God's presence is I need to be a worshiper. I need to build an altar. I need to build some altars in my life. I need to cultivate a lifestyle of worship because the Bible says in Psalm 100 that we enter His gates with thanksgiving, we enter His courts with praise. God inhabits our praises. I believe that the voice of God is found in the presence of God, and the presence of God is found in the worship of God. There's something powerful in being an extravagant worshiper. There's something powerful that when, when your time's in the shower, isn't merely just, where's the soap? Your time's in the shower is like, bless the Lord, oh my soul. <laughs> Hello? I, I mean, I'm serious. Like, when last did you just kind of like, let rip in the shower. Okay, maybe you guys don't do it in America. Hello? Why waste the time? Well, when last were you just in the car and you just pumped pump the radio? Forever. Yeah. And you just went for it. And the Oaks next to you are like, what's up with them? Because I believe that God wants us to be a worshiping people. When last did you lock yourself up? I've got an office at home. I lock myself up in the office the kids don't see and I make my moves there. I'm going for it there with Jesus. I'm serious. When last did you just extravagantly worship your God? Amen? I mean, uh, Tyron spoke about David this morning. David. David was not classified as a prophet. But you know, he was one of the most prophetic men that we read about in the Scriptures. You know why? Because he was a worshiper. So it's powerful. David. You know, David wrote Psalm 22. It almost looked like David time traveled. He prophetically, he in detail described the cross. Have you read Psalm 22? He describes the cross, but he lived way before the cross ever happened. Why? Because I believe out of a place of worship, God reveals his heart. Because when we worship, we experience God's presence. And when we have God's presence, we hear God's voice. I'm I'm, I'm impacted by the fact that actually God wants us to rejoice. God wants us to be a worshiping people. God wants us to be a people that experience His presence, that practice His presence, even in the mundane things. God wants us to experience and enjoy His presence. And you know Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 is so well known. You learned it in Sunday school. Am I right? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I'll say rejoice. Verse 5 says, I do believe they're connected with verse 4. It says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And God said this, when you rejoice, you become gentle. And when you're gentle, you have his presence. When you can rest in his presence. I believe this nation, our nation, we need To rejoice in God. We need to revisit. That word rejoice is so powerful. It's like revisiting who God is, revisiting what God has done, revisiting how faithful he is, revisiting his awesomeness, revisiting his greatness, revisiting his faithfulness. Yes, Lord, wow, you're so awesome. It's amazing. It takes my eyes off the earthly and puts my eyes on the heavenly. takes my eyes off the temporary and puts my eyes on the eternal. I believe a worshiping people can hear God's voice because we experience God's presence. I don't know about you, but my wife has this tendency of speaking to me from places where she thinks I can hear her, but I clearly can't. uh, Do you have that problem in this nation, men? Can I hear a good amen? Like, okay, the men, you know what I'm talking about? I see some young guys even putting their hands up. I'm like, yo, how long have you been married? Okay, but What's amazing, listen to this. My wife would do this. She would be putting washing in the, in the washing machine, right? She'd be like, hey, baby, when you go to the shops, please. And then when you get back, there like. Then I come back from the shops and she's like, why didn't you get the tomatoes? Or you say tomatoes, eh? Why didn't you get the tomatoes? And I'm like, I never heard you ask for tomatoes. She said, but I asked for it. Or she's, her favorite place, we have have a bathroom en suite, so her favorite place is to talk to me while she's in the shower. Well, I mean, I'm I'm dressed already, but instead of singing, she's giving me some very important instructions. And I learned something. I said to her, talk to me when I'm in your presence. God said this to me, he said, how can we hear his voice if we're not in his presence? How can we hear his voice? If we're not with him, because if I'm not with him, I can't hear him. You know, Jesus was an amazing prophet. We know that. He was prophet, high priest, and king of kings, right? And so we know this is that Jesus took up all four faces of, of uh, that we see in the scriptures, all four faces, the face of the lion, the ox, the, the eagle, and the man. But the eagle obviously speaks of this prophetic reality of who Jesus is, Right? And so Jesus comes, and literally for me, it's amazing how Jesus prophesies. He was a man that, that, that literally walked with God, walked with his Father in his presence. The Bible, is clear that Jesus practiced the presence of his Father. It's clear that Jesus spent time in, his, in the presence of his Father. And what's powerful for me is, is that Jesus says, I only do what I see my Father do, and I only say what I hear him say. Why? Because I'm spending time with him. In Mark chapter 6, we see how what he does with the bread. Remember what, what, he, what he did with the loaves, the five loaves and the two fish to feed the 5,000? Remember that? Now, everyone looks at that and says, wow, that's amazing, an amazing miracle. But I want to say tonight is that Jesus actually was busy prophesying when he was feeding the 5,000. And I want to show you how he prophesied. This is so powerful. He didn't just prophesy, kind of like, let me do this. You know what he was doing? He was born in Bethlehem, the house of bread. We know that? And he was the bread of life that came from heaven, right, to come and satisfy the needs of mankind. Here's an amazing reality. Jesus takes the bread. The Bible says in Mark chapter 6, verse 41, it says, He's taking the five loaves and the two fish. Looking up to heaven, he gave thanks. Can you say gave thanks? Okay, thank you. Sorry, I'm not a cheerleader, but I'm just. It says, and he broke the loaves. So you know what's amazing for me is while Jesus is prophesying about himself, he's giving thanks. He set an example for you and me on how to speak and declare God's word. He did it in an atmosphere of worship and praise and thanksgiving. And you know what he did? He said, you know, you look at me, I'm the bread of life. You look at me and I look like I'm not going to be enough when I'm broken on the cross, when I'm given on the cross. But when I'm given as as a sacrifice of worship, as a praise offering to the Father, when I'm sacrificed, you know what's going to happen? I'm not just going to be enough. I'm going to be more than enough. There'll be leftovers. Jesus prophesies about himself. He declares God's word. He declares God's heart while he's worshiping. Even while he, do you remember when he took the cup and he said he gave thanks? And then he preaches the gospel. Pastors, preachers, I want to ask you, will you, when you preach, while you preach, will you see that as an act of worship? Because if you see it as an act of worship, you know what happens. You can practice the presence of God while you are preaching. If you're leading a children's ministry, if you're leading worship, or you're leading any parts of the, the church, or you're raising those kids, can you do that as an act of worship? Because when you do it as an act of worship, you know what happens? You invite the presence of God into that very thing that you're doing. And as you invite the presence of God, guess what happens? God speaks right there and then. That's how we hear God for our ministries. That's how we hear God while we preach. That's how we hear God while we worship, while we sing. That's how we hear God while we serve. That's how we hear God while we raise our kids. Jesus even says in John 17, he says, Father, I've glorified you. His whole life was around bringing glory and honor to his father. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2 says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him Endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. See, God wants us to be able to focus on Him, focus on Jesus, focus on Him while we're ministering, focus on Him while we do what we do. Because as we focus on Him, He's glorified and He speaks to us. You know, the Bible is just, the Bible becomes really boring if you're not worshiping while you read it. Don't look all holy to me. I I mean... He was sitting here saying, yeah, this. Have you ever tried to read the Bible and sometimes it just feels like, I've come to this and it's just dry. Okay, three people in the room. The rest of you, put lay hands on me, please. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Ty, I'm coming, I'm coming. But you know what happens? You know what I realized? I realized that the word without the spirit has no life, it's dry. And so we know that the Bible says in Psalm 119 that your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, Right? And then it says, it literally, when, when you look at Jesus, he says, actually, I want to feast with you. When you come to my word, I want to feast with you when you come to my scriptures. I want to speak to you when you come to my scriptures. I want you to enjoy my voice. I don't just want you to read my words. I want you to hear my voice while you read my words. And when he says it's a lamp, a lamp needs oil, am I right? And so the five virgins come, and they don't have oil in their lamp, and the other five have oil. In their lamp, Both of them have the word, both of them have the lamp. But the five virgins that had oil, that had the presence of God, were the ones that had a feast with the bridegroom, Jesus. But the five virgins that did not have oil, that did not have the presence of God, that did not come to the word of God with the spirit of God, with the power of God, with the presence of God, they could not feast with the, with the Son, they could not feast with the bridegroom. And so if you're coming to God's word, I want to tell you, God is going to speak to us more powerfully than ever before, and the reason why he's going to speak to us is because we come to his word in his presence, with his power. Amen? Now you might be saying to me, but Mark, how does that work? Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28 to 31, you know it very well, it says this in verse 28, have you not known, have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, to those who have no might. He increases strength. Can you say the word strength? Because I do believe that when you hear from God, you get strength. I do believe that we get strength to lead. We get strength to raise our kids. We get strength to make the hard calls. We get strength to pray. Because sometimes I'm weak and I need strength to pray. Right now, listen to this. It says this. It says he gives power to the weak. Increase the strength. Verse 30. Even youth shall faint and be weary. Obviously those with natural strength. And the young men shall utterly fail. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Those who wait upon the Lord. I, I'm, I'm, I'm convinced that there's something powerful about having a lifestyle of waiting upon God. Now many people think waiting upon God is Hilili Halala la. <laughs> Hello? No, it's not that. You know what waiting upon the Lord is? The Hebrew translation would, would explain it like this. If you read it in Hebrew, it means to plait yourself into the promises of God, to weave yourself into who God is, what God has said, what God has done. It it means when you wait upon God, I am weaving myself. I'm plaiting myself into God's promises. And when I do that, guess what happens? He strengthens me. When I do that, He strengthens me. He actually empowers me, not just to overcome the, the obstacles, but He empowers me to hear His voice. You know, Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 says, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Am I right? So the joy of the Lord is your strength. So you get strength when you rejoice, Philippians 4. You get strength when you rejoice and you get strength when you wait. So the Lord said this to me. He said that waiting and rejoicing is connected. Waiting and rejoicing is connected because when I rejoice, when I plat myself, when I revisit the promises of God, the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, the gracious hand of God, when I vi- revisit him, you know what happens? As I revisit him, you know what happens? I get strengthened in his presence. But I don't just get strengthened to be strengthened. I get strengthened to be mounted up like an eagle. Now, those of you who do know this, but the eagle actually has two eyelids. Do you know that? I Googled this. <laughs> I actually Googled this. <laughs> but the eagle's got two eyelids. Do you know that? Now, I like Oakley sunglasses. I've lost about four pairs, so so I'm up for a new one. But Eagle, Oakley sunglasses, listen to this. Oakley sunglasses, no, no, not Oakley's, but I mean, they've got sunglasses built into their eyelids. Do you know that? One, one set of eyelids is just normal like you, yours and mine. The other set is like sunglasses. And so eagles have the ability to not, s- not fly underneath the clouds. They have the ability to fly above the clouds. They have the ability to fly above the storms of life. They have the ability to fly above the challenges between Clinton and Trump. Hello? So what happens is this, is that as you and I plait ourselves into the promises of God, as we worship Him, as we rejoice, as we worship Him, as we praise Him, He strengthens us in His presence and gives us a power to see beyond the storm. To prophetically see not only what's happening with the natural, but to see in the supernatural. To not only see what's happening on the earth, but to see what God is revealing from heaven. To actually go through the clouds and look straight into the Son of Righteousness. To see Jesus Christ in the midst of everything that we face. In the midst of that elder that wants to leave the church. In the midst of that person that's bad-mouthing us. And in the midst of that building that, that we are now losing because we've got to move. In the midst of that, God speaks to us. And when we hear his voice, he reveals, he reveals his heart to us. He reveals his son to us in the midst of that. When last, that we just take some time and say, Lord, we, I want to I just worship you. One word from God changes our lives forever. I love what Tyron was sharing this morning. That literally Isaiah saw the Lord and after seeing God, God calls him. Now I've heard this said, that mission exists because worship doesn't. You've heard that? I believe it's the truth. I think what's even more true is this. Is that mission exists because worship does. Mission exists because worship does. Isaiah was busy worshiping. He's in the place of worship. He's seeing them. the angels are crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. He's got this revelation of God, and guess what happens? Out of that place of worship, he gets commissioned. He hears God's voice, says, whom shall I send? He hears God's voice in the place of the presence of God because of the worship of God. He hears God's voice. Isaiah 6, it says this in verse 8, verse 8. I also heard the voice of the Lord God saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. I'm so excited that when we spend time with God, He's going to commission us. I'm so excited about times like this. You know why? Because I stood at an equip a couple of years ago while the worship was going, and there was a prophetic word that said, Who's going to plant a church one day? And I felt the Lord say, you, you're the one. You're one of those oaks, oaks. Sorry, one of those guys. Thank you so much. You're one of those guys, and do you know what happened? I stood up, shaking in my shoes. Like, what the, what am I doing? <laughs> but it's amazing how you hear the voice of God in the presence of God because you've been worshiping God. And do you know why? Why we can do what we do because we've heard God. So when it gets tough, when it gets difficult, I go back to, but God, you said i go back to, I've heard you, Lord. And you know it's a powerful thing for me? I also don't want to lead people just by, I think. I want to lead people with God said. And it's amazing. Even when you call people, when you have a prophetic edge upon your life, you can see what God sees over people. You can see the potential. You can see the plans of God. And you can start leading people into their destiny. Why? Because God is speaking to you prophetically about the people that you lead. It's powerful. But we need to be worshipers. Now see, if I'm leading the church, if I'm leading the church for my glory, then I'm not going to have the presence of God, and then I won't have the voice of God. If I'm leading that home group, that small group for my glory, I'm going to struggle to have, because it's not worship then, then it's self, selfish, right? But when I, lead the, when I lead for the glory of God, for the worship of God, doing it as worship, guess what happens? God graces that thing with his presence, and God will speak whenever he shows up. Amen? Now, we're an apostolic people. I mean, NTMI, we believe in going. We believe in being sent. Am I right? I love the pattern in the New Testament. Acts 13, verse, th- verse 2. Acts 13, verse 2. This is so powerful. You can, you can underline the scripture in your, in, your, in your Bible. It says this. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Wow. While they were worshiping, while they were fasting, God speaks. See, we want to go before worshiping and fasting. We want to go before hearing. No, no, I believe we need to be worshiping and fasting and allow God to speak. Then it says, set aside for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Can I ask you the nations that you're wanting to go to? Can you worship and fast and hear before you go? The cities that we are wanting to impact and that we're wanting to influence, can we worship and fast and then hear and then go? (laughs) I'm, I'm so excited because God is wanting to speak. And we need to position ourselves in a way to say, Lord, speak to us. I'm wanting to worship, and as I worship, I know I will experience your presence. And if I have your presence, I'll have your voice. I'll have your voice. Elisha, last scripture, Elisha, have you ever... Uh looked at the scriptures, uh, 2 Kings 3, verse 15 to 19. Elisha's in this predicament, the king's saying to him, listen, prophesy right now. We want to hear. So Elisha's like, hey, buddy, I'm not, I'm not like your little genie. But then he's like, obviously, out of respect for Jehoshaphat and out of respect for God, he says, bring me a musician. He says this in verse 15, but now bring me a musician. Then it happened when the mus- musician played that the hand of the Lord came upon him, and he said, thus says the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. It's amazing for me, the pattern in scripture. Elisha comes, he's like, I'm not going to prophesy without the presence of God. And the best way for me to get the presence of God is I need to worship. I'm going to ask the musos to come to the front. We're going to have a ministry time tonight. We're going to ask the musos, just Aiden and the guys, I do believe we're going to have a time of worship. And We've, we've been worshiping, but I want to tell you that I do believe that there's something of a prophetic impartation from Jesus, the, our, our prophet. He's going he's gonna to impart something of a prophetic reality to a greater level, I believe, not only in, in individuals, but also over churches. It's going to spill over into the churches represented here. And I've got faith that God is going to tonight speak to us afresh. He's going to tonight speak to us afresh about something of our future, but also speak to us afresh and empower us to declare his word to others. I want to uh, just just a, a, a short testimony. I mean, for me pers- personally, I've experienced just, the, just we, 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 had, we had to buy this piece of property. We, we as a church... We're trusting God for land, and uh, we drove past this piece of land, and I just wanted to buy any land because, I mean, just buy land, you know, that kind of thing, and God every single time just stopped me, and then we went to this one piece of property. We had communion on this property. We worshiped on the property, and we felt we got, got two different scriptures from two different people confirming that this is what God wanted us to have, and then it took nine months for us to buy this property, which was almost impossible. We couldn't get the money together. We almost gave up. But God gave us a word. Because the voice of God is found in the presence of God. And the presence of God is found in the worship of God. And nine months later, we took possession of the property, totally cash, the last 48 hours. They gave us 48 hours to come up with the last 100,000, which we got in 48 hours, which is a miracle. But I do believe that this wasn't because we were funny, we were very clever, or we were very, very wise. I believe it was this. We heard God's voice. Because when God says something, he's going to do it. When God says something, he's going to do it. And so I do believe we need to make ourselves vulnerable. Sometimes in worship like David did. Say, Lord, I want your presence. Is so out of a place of your presence, I can experience your voice. Let's stand together. I want to pray for us. Just while, while your eyes are closed, I, somewhere last year I was, was busy praying and I was, I was outside in this, um, it was like a court. And I saw Tyron there and a couple of the guys that are in this room. And I was so blessed to be with, around these people. And uh, I was impacted, I was enjoying being with men that I really respected, men that I really loved. And it was like God was saying, I'm with them, but I want more with you personally. God was calling me closer to Him. God didn't want me to have a second-hand relationship. He wanted me to have a primary one. So I went into this room that was full of glitter. It was like a whole lot of glory dust. It was almost like, I don't know how to explain it. It was full of gold, like gold dust. It was a dark room, but it was shiny. And I couldn't see behind me, and I couldn't see far ahead of me, except that I saw a light in the distance. And, and I was enjoying it so much that I said, God, wow, it was amazing out there with these men that I really respect. But now, wow, this is glory. And then the, then the Lord said to me, I've got more for you, my boy. I've got more for you, son. And he, and he called me deeper, called me closer. And so in this vision, I walked closer to Jesus. And I, as I walked closer, I saw this is actually Jesus, but I couldn't see his face I just saw this big white robe and it was probably, I don't know, it was almost like like a 20 story building. It was a very high, he was so tall that he, I couldn't see the top. And it was a silk um, robe that he had on. And in this vision, I ran to him and I was like, I was trying to climb this robe, but you know, silk, you can't quite grab onto it. so. As I was climbing, I was trying my best to get to the top. I would just slide back down. And I would like climb up and then I would just slide back down. And then he said to me, stop striving, my boy. And I just raised my hands out to worship him. And as I raised my hands, he came up with his hands and he lifted me up. And he just brought me closer. And I just could just experience his glory and his love. It was overwhelming. But I believe that it was out of a place of worship. God saying, just raise your hands and let me pick you up. Let me reveal my heart to you. Let, let, let me reveal myself to you out of a place of worship. Just where you stand. I want to ask you, don't you just want to raise your hands? And let Jesus just reveal himself to you right now.